0: Good. As everyone, uh, is everyone enjoying being here this morning? Is anyone enjoying being here this morning? I, I, I'm saying asking that question because I am. I just love it when we get a chance to be together as family, gather together in the room to share that with you know friends from other churches, to worship Jesus, to sing songs that people have written here, and to know that we are here with God. God is here with us. We're not alone. And to be reminded as we come at the, whether you see Sunday as the end of the week or the start of the week, but come reminded of his goodness and of the people that we're walking with and journeying with um, week in, week out. It's good to be together, isn't it? really good. If you're here as a newcomer, first time here or visiting, it's great to have you with us. Really pleased that you're here. Um, So uh, just to recap a little bit on last week before I start this second part of a two-part series, sort of going into sort of three next week in some ways with Flora sharing something uh, that's related. Last week um, I explored our purpose. We looked at what is the purpose for us Being here as individuals, as a church, and recognising that ultimate purpose is to glorify God. And we looked at that, looked, that was um, how we outwork that. How do we glorify God? It's by loving God with our heart, soul, mind and strength and by loving our neighbour as ourselves. And one thing that I talked about was about creating a rule of life. That was about putting some rhythms into our lives that would help us draw near to God so that we could be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. and I encourage you to think about how you could actually do that. And what we have done to help you this week, Mikey Powell has been hard at work to generate a rule of life generator on our website. It couldn't be easier. So if you go on the website, uh, that's the part of the front page. On the right-hand side, it says rule of life. If you click on that, This magically appears. It's a rule of life generator. It's got a little bit of intro at the top to help you think through your rule of life. And then if you put in the daily practice, week practice, and further rhythms that you'd like to put into your life and include, or maybe that you're already doing, but just want to think about them a little bit more, and then click the bottom at the bottom that says create you get a magical, wonderful rule of life for yourself that you can print off. It couldn't be easier, could it? So we want to say thanks to St. Mary's across the road who have done the same and they've lent us them the code. So go on the website, think about your rule of life and just a way of thinking at the start of the year, what are those healthy rhythms that will help me journey with God this year? Now, last week, we also focused on the vision of the church. I'm going to be focusing on that. It was lovely to hear John just reading out or praying out some of that vision. The vision of our church is to see the whole church following the way of Jesus, bringing life and transformation to every area of the city. And I said last week, we're aiming to do that through four strategy areas that we would create a culture of devotion and dependence on Jesus that we would equip, empower, and release everyone to be bringers of life to their communities, that we would serve the most vulnerable in our communities, and we play our part in the long-term spiritual, social, and cultural renewal of our city. And as I said, we can roughly divide those into those areas where it's really helpful to be gathered in order to fulfill them, and those where actually we need to be scattered to fulfill them. Last week I spoke about those gathered areas, and today I'm going to be speaking about the importance of being scattered. But before I do any of that, who here likes salt? A good bit of salt on their chips, on their steak, on anything. Hands up. I saw Mike Actually, Mikey's hand up went first. So, Mikey, I have some salt here. Would you, um, would you like some? Not, not that much. You, you, don't, you don't want a spoonful of salt? Not by itself. Oh, but okay. Well, okay. Let me try this then. Let me see. So Mikey doesn't want a spoonful of salt. He loves salt, but he doesn't want a spoonful. I'm not quite sure why. I have, I have some. There we go. I have some nice crisps, some healthy baked crisps. Now a little bit of salt on. Would that be a better way to have them, Mikey? Better, didn't put a lot on it, well, there was already a little bit on, so I didn't want to oversalt. Yeah. Do you want a bit more? Over-salt. Oh yeah. Well, maybe Mikey can't be oversalted. Okay. Is that, is that more to your liking? You can shake it off if you want, shake it off, shake it's it off. Like Absolutely, there we go. Good. good, good, okay, good. So Mikey likes salt. I'm sure there are many other people in here who like salt. Um, did you know that salt, as part I must say this, as part of a balanced diet, it's really important to say that, salt can actually help you stay hydrated It promotes good vascular health. Uh, It balances electrolytes and prevents muscles from cramping. It supports a healthy nervous system, and it improves sleep. Who knew? has all those good qualities. But not only does it have qualities that have medical benefits to us, actually, it has a number of other qualities, doesn't it? So it preserves food for longer by protecting against the growth of bacteria. So before refrigeration, putting salt on meat in particular was a really good way of preserving it. If you're going on a long sea voyage, or just keeping it fresh for longer. Salt is also known as a universal flavour enhancer. It improves the flavour, enhances the flavour, brings out more of the taste and actually makes the food we eat more enjoyable. And when water is uh, mixed with some salt and administered to a wound... It actually reduces inflammation, growth of bacteria, and it promotes healing. And one extra fact that I completely forgot about, and then Bethan mentioned to you this morning, is that when we have an icy path or drive, or if you put salt on it, it helps to melt the ice and actually give us grip, and it makes it safer for us to walk. Salt is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And Jesus, of course, famously spoke about salt, didn't he, in the Sermon on the Mount when he said this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then he went on to say, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone In the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, why does Jesus liken us to salt? What a strange thing to say. Well, he likens us to salt because we are called to glorify God in the world and the culture around us by being a preservative in our society that promotes what is good and godly and protects against what is evil. By drawing out the flavor, demonstrating the goodness of God, displaying his glory and drawing out of others so that our world will be filled with his joy as people discover the wonderful goodness and purpose that he has for their lives. We're like salt because we are called to bring healing to our culture and our society, loving and restoring those who've been broken and wounded and abandoned. Now, the thing about salt is that while it is in the bowl or while it's in the salt shaker, it has a huge amount of potential, but actually doesn't serve its purpose. So if I take a nice juicy steak. I apologize to all the vegetarians and vegans in the room, but a nice juicy steak, which, uh, there we go. It's not cooked yet. It's raw, it's ready to go. And I put my salt shaker next to my steak. You wanna see it? There you go, very nice. Doesn't really do a lot, does it? doesn't improve the flavour of the steak. It doesn't actually help preserve it so that I can maybe cook it and eat it later. It just doesn't really do a lot. If I want the salt to do what it's good at, what it's there for, I need to take the salt in the salt shake and I need to grind it all over the steak and maybe add a little bit of pepper as well just to bring out a little bit more spiciness. That way... It prevents the bacteria from growing, it can last for longer out of the fridge, and when I eat it, it tastes that much better. The salt shaker is actually really important because unless I have something that I can gather the salt in, I have no way of shaking it out. If I've just got little grains, how do I get the grains of salt on my steak? But if the salt stays in the salt shaker, it's full of potential, but it's not actually. Doing what it's there for. Never fulfills the purpose of preserving, bringing out the flavor, and bringing healing. And so it is with us, the church. Because um, actually, the salt shaker is really, really important. Because it's really important that we gather together. We, as the Body of Christ, we are the grains of salt that God created to be scattered across society into our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools, our colleges, to preserve, to bring out the flavor of hope and joy and love and salvation, to heal and restore and lift up the downtrodden, to let our lights shine before others that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. And yet, so often, we actually feel much more comfortable here, don't we? In the salt shaker, gathered as church, rather than when we're scattered all about in our neighbourhoods and workplaces and schools and colleges. So often we feel unconfident as salt when we're out and shaken and spread all about. We don't feel very salty. We don't actually feel that we bring the hope and joy that we should. We struggle to share our faith in a meaningful way with our friends or our colleagues, or our neighbours, and it can become easy to retreat back into the salt shaker and gather in the church. But the thing is, when the church stays within its walls and simply tells the world how it should live, judging without helping, criticising without demonstrating how to live another way, expecting those outside the church to come to us rather than us going to them, we can taste to those around us, like a whole spoonful of salt, which surprisingly, Mikey didn't want to eat. Because if you've even ever taken a whole spoonful, it's horrible, isn't it? Disgusting, it's kind of repulsive. Mikey, even Mikey, didn't take my offer of a spoonful of salt. But when we allow ourselves to be scattered, Across our society, confident in our saltiness, confident in the power of God to bring hope and life and faith to others. We're no longer experienced by people around us as a repulsive taste, but as joy bringers and hope givers, as faith builders and as wound healers. Bringing out the best in those around us and glorifying our Father in heaven. And the expectation of Scripture is that people will notice us because of the hope that we bring. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter chapter 3. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And do this with gentleness and respect. As I said last week, it's really important that we continue to gather together each week. The salt shaker is really important because if we don't, we're at great risk of losing our saltiness or to use Jesus' other analogy of seeing our lights go dim. But we gather to glorify God, to be filled afresh with hope and with the Holy Spirit, and then to go confidently and full flavored, salty and bright as a bright shining light into the world around us. And the thing is, for each of us, we all spend the vast majority of our weeks scattered across this city at work or university or school or volunteering in our neighbourhoods or just being in our neighbourhoods. So next slide, this, um, this is us when we gather together for about two hours each week on a Sunday. It may be a few more than two hours if you're part of a connect group or gathering to pray in a pattern group, but actually... This is us today. And this is really, really important, us gathering. But this is us, next slide, for the remaining 166 hours of the week, spread out in our neighbourhoods and our workplaces and our schools and our colleges and our sports fields and our gyms and the clubs that we're a part of. Just want to give you a glimpse within this community of where we are spread. We have among us here and across this community, those gathering online. We have teaching assistants and teachers and head and deputy head teachers and university lecturers and professors and educational welfare and student support staff. We have volunteer readers, school pupils, university and college students. We have medical researchers and mechanical engineers and inventors and we have ships captains and ships managers and cruise check-in staff and pilots and we have nurses and doctors and healthcare assistants, public health officials, midwives, fitness coaches which is surfers, runners, triathletes, swimmers football players, skiers, sailors, we have nursery owners, children's services leaders, we have children's doctors, we have people working with cancer patients, we have foster parents and adoptive parents and social workers, we have city councillors. we have magistrates, we have policemen, we have people who've been in the armed forces, we have defence analysts, we have filmmakers and graphic designers and online event managers and musicians and artists and copywriters and web developers and poets and writers and sewers and knitters and charity founders and Basics Bank Volunteers, Love Southampton Volunteers, Community Cafe and Hub Volunteers. Hope School volunteers, we have Scout, Guide, Brownies, Brainbow leaders, we have school governors, we have Bitten Park Triangle Christmas service, no, Christmas festival organisers, we have Narnia Trail organisers, we have debt counsellors, we have kind neighbours, we have loyal friends, we have loving grandparents, faithful sons and daughters, consistent brothers and sisters, we have gardeners and landscape gardeners and allotment owners and builders and structural engineers and carpenters, and the list goes on. We have business owners, salespeople, banking, people in banking and web services and financial services and administrators and managers and shop workers and directors, dock workers, shipping agents, IT consultants, software developers, baristas, cooks, chefs. We have people who own businesses in media, web, engineering, construction, boutique, design aware, financial services, nurseries, landscape, gardening, accounts, filming media, carpentry, accessories for camper vans. Joe Sargent. And... We have Alpha Course leaders and helpers. We have BBC, Solent, Thought of the Day contributors. We have writers and singer-songwriters and RE teachers and chaplains, to name but a few. And I'm sure I've missed some out. But that is who we are. That's where we're scattered. That's the wonderful variety of this amazing community scattered across the city. Being salty. But what does saltiness look like? Well, it looks like a number of things, but among them, these. It looks like modeling godly character. It looks like making good work. That is, honoring God and honoring those we work for and those we serve. It looks like ministering grace and love to those around us, and especially to those in need. It looks like molding culture in ways that are godly and good, it looks like being a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And it looks like being a messenger for the gospel. Essentially, it looks like being like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. Which comes as an overflow from us being with Jesus, which is why we talked last, last week about how important it is we put those rhythms in our life that help us walk with him. Now, I'd like to invite Rachel Jones to come and join me for a brief interview, because I was talking to Rachel um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was just really um, encouraged by some of the things uh, she had to say, and also felt really resonated also um, with some of the challenges she feels as well. So Rachel, first of all, can you tell me what uh, when you're not here at church the rest of the time of the week, for example, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, where are you going to be, and what is it that you do?
1: Okay, so I'm an assistant head at a big secondary school called Brookfield, which is on the outskirts of Fareham. And my job involves I teach maths a bit for part of the week, uh, which is great. And I also I manage a couple of teams, so I manage the maths team, the languages team, and the dance and drama team, which is not necessarily playing to my strengths. Um, And I also uh, look after all of the fostered and adopted and vulnerable young people. So it's my job to kind of look at their attainment. And progress and pastoral care, that kind of thing.
0: Brilliant. So it's pretty a full on job by the sounds <laughs> of things. But, Rachel, what does looking, what's being salty, what does that look like for you?
1: So Theo gave me a heads up of those topics yesterday. Um, And I think the one that most resonates probably is that one about ministering grace and love. And I thought about what does that look like? Well, it looks like baking cakes quite a lot um, and taking those in for staff well-being. Um, It looks like supporting the staff that I work with, thinking about workload and well-being and things for them. Um, It looks like supporting those fostered and adopted young people that I was talking about And I just took on that role a little bit before COVID, which was a really challenging time for lots of our vulnerable families. And so I did a lot of visiting and talking to people on the phone and supporting people at that point.
0: Thank you. Now, I know it's often hard to talk um, about ourselves in this way, but what do you feel that you do well, particularly well?
1: Um, That's a difficult one actually. I think, I hope that the people I manage think that I really care about them and I'm really concerned and interested and help them out when I can and I hope that those fostered young people think that I care about them and I'm trying to do the best for them. Um, And the thing about being a mouthpiece for truth and justice, I hope that I can kind of advocate for them a bit maybe. Um, and the other thing I think I'm okay at is talking about church. So I'll just tell you a story. I love a story. Um, a couple of months ago, I was saying to a colleague, oh, I've got to go. I've got to go to help out with the church youth group this evening. And she said, oh, what's your church like? Because she's new to the school. And another colleague said, oh, it's really good. It's a really big church in Southampton. And do you know, if you have a baby, they give you food for weeks. And if you're ill, they give you food for weeks. And if you buy a house and you need any DIY, they basically come around you. House and do it, and I was just kind of smiling in the corner, thinking these are obviously things that I've said over a period of kind of days and weeks, and yeah, so I think maybe I'm good at talking about church and church activities.
0: Brilliant, and what do you find harder?
1: Yeah, I think it's that next step that's hard. So I'm good at telling stories about church and church people, and I think my challenge is to to talk more about Jesus rather than just the activities that we do, and to offer to pray for people and to kind of take that next step, I guess, to talking more about faith than just talking about church friends and church activities.
0: Thank you so much, Rachel. Really good to hear uh, about what it is that you do, being salt and light in the week. And and I think for many of us, that's probably the, the challenge, isn't it? We sometimes, I know for me, sometimes just... Saying that next step beyond is difficult, Um, but uh, thank you for your honesty and for your great story. So in 2022, as part of our vision to see the whole church following the way of Jesus, bringing life and transformation to every area of the city, we are going to be looking together, as I mentioned last week, about how we can be fruitful on the front line of our lives, how we can bring life Uh, a love of God and life to those whom we spend the majority of our time with. And we're also going to be continuing developing parts three and four of our strategy. That is to serve the most vulnerable in our communities and play our part in the long-term spiritual, social, and cultural renewal of the city. Now, when it comes to serving those in need, uh, part three, um, many of us are doing that as part of our everyday life, maybe scattered in jobs or as volunteers. I know there are people working in schools and nurseries in deprived areas, volunteering in a whole load of areas across the city like Basics Bank and Hope School School and Love Southampton and here. Uh, People working as debt counsellors and working in children's services and in the NHS, public health as policemen or simply serving vulnerable neighbours. And we want to support and encourage you where you are in those roles, serving those most in need. And cheer you on as you glorify God each and every day, humbly being the hands and feet of Jesus as you serve those who are in greatest need in our city. And Jesus said this. He talked about the coming king who. Wanted to thank and say, Well done to those who were serving him. You know, he said, um, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited in. I needed clothes and you closed me. And those people said, Well, when did we ever do that, Jesus? We never did that for you. And he said, When you did that for the least of these, when you did that for others, you were doing it for me. I tell you truly. Whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. So be encouraged. Keep going. I know it's really hard on days. You're serving the king. He knows you and he sees you. He loves you as day by day you glorify him. He's with you. Now, while many are serving those in need in a scattered way, there are some things that we are going to continue to do and develop and grow as a community together um, as we serve those in need together. For example, through the community hub here at Central Hall, which is functioning here throughout the week where we serve the local community and uh, families of Hope School by running English classes and bake Club and Kinsubi Hope groups and hosting the community cafe every Sunday night. I know many of you are involved in that. We're over at our Sholin congregation, where from St Andrews they serve with Baby Branch and their parent-toddler group and fair-shared food distribution. And the cafe bar through Central Counseling and Training Service, CCTS, which actually has offices and counseling suites just over in that part of the building over there, who are serving people in need right across our city, providing vital counselling support, and also through our teams that are travelling overseas, particularly to places like uh, Nairobi, where they're serving people in the community of Kibera, which is, I believe, the largest slum in Africa, helping develop sustainable business, training football coaches, you then help take young people off the streets, keeping away from drugs, and feeding children so they can concentrate at school. And as we develop our small groups, some may form to serve those in need in particular areas of the city in creative new ways. And Flora's going to be talking a bit more about that next Sunday. Now, when it comes to us playing our part in the long-term social and spiritual and cultural renewal of our city, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? But this is something that is new in our thinking. We really feel God is calling us to step out in new ways and pioneer in new ways in this area. Jeremiah told the exiles in Babylon, he said this, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which God has carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And we recognize that we too are exiles here in the city of Southampton. We're citizens of heaven, but for the time being, we're living here in this city. And we too are called to seek the peace and the prosperity of the Of our city. And there are followers of Jesus playing critical roles in many sectors across Southampton in business and healthcare and education, arts and media and many, many more. And we're starting to explore what could be possible if Christians within these sectors gather together and seek God for creative solutions to some of the problems and the challenges of our city. So that together, We will bring spiritual, social, and cultural transformation to the city of Southampton. And this is bigger than just new community. It's great having friends from from Shirley with us because we recognize that this needs to include Christians from churches all over the city who are spread out across many, many different spheres. But we feel called to be a catalyst in that within our city. And Billy has been connecting with uh, a number of Christian organisations such as Everything in London and City Changes in Florida to explore what this could look like in Southampton and what difference it could make for our city. And we hope to be able to tell you more about that soon. So, as a church... We want to glorify God in all we do, but particularly as we serve the most vulnerable in our communities and play our part in the long-term spiritual, social, and cultural renewal of our city. And we also recognize that that extends beyond Southampton to places further afield in the country and internationally, like Kenya and Sri Lanka and Cuba. And as we seek to do this, it's really important that we also remember the imperative of Jesus' final command when he said this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Ultimate transformation comes when people surrender their lives to Jesus, learning to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love their neighbor as themselves. Just look at someone like Bob Light. Many of us in this room know Bob Light. This is Bob on the right with his wife, Colette. If you haven't met him, let me tell you a little bit about Bob. So Bob grew up on the Flowers Estate in Southampton, and by the age of 15, he was a registered heroin addict. He was in and out of trouble with the law, and his life was just a mess. And uh, he ended up heading down to Cornwall. He had nothing left. He was living out of the back of his car, sleeping in his car, uh, absolutely at rock bottom. And one morning, he said, Waking up in his car, a man taps on the window and says to him, You look like you need some help. And he invited him in to his house for a cup of coffee. It turns out that man was a Christian. A little grain of salt that had been you know, scattered out of the salt shaker. And he showed Bob love. He introduced him to Jesus. And pretty rapidly, everything changed for Bob. Bob's life has been transformed. He's set free from addiction. He then ends up very quickly falling in love with Jesus. Those things kind of went together, not short order, but he fell in love with Jesus, set free from addiction and decided to come back to Southampton so he can love his neighbor in the way that Jesus has loved him. And so for the last 20 or 30 years, Bob has been going from house to house on the Flowers Estate, demonstrating the love of Jesus, providing food for those who don't have any, supporting young people at court appearances, supporting people whose partners are in prison, running clubs to kill children off the streets and give them a positive uh, place to be and telling anyone who will listen about the good news of Jesus and how Jesus can change everything. Bob knows that being salty is about modelling godly character and moulding culture and speaking up for truth and justice and he does that day in, day out. And he also knows that it's about being a messenger of the gospel. And yet that last bit, as, uh, as Rachel shared, is sometimes the bit that many of us find really hard. And, and I know that I do. We can model godly character. We can make good work. We can minister grace and love. We can even play a part in molding culture. And that is all part of being salty. But many of us find it hard being the messenger of the gospel, taking that extra step and introducing people to Jesus. I know there are some exceptions here, but I think probably the majority of us struggle with that on days. You know, we can feel a failure when we try, we can feel guilty when we don't. But together as a community, we want to grow in love, confidence, courage, and conviction. That as we scatter, we would increasingly learn to serve those in need, need, transform our culture, and also that we would learn. To make disciples. So that when we gather, whether in our small groups here on a Sunday morning, we would increasingly be joined by those who are coming to faith. So that when we gather, maybe one day we would need a bigger salt shaker. So that when we scatter, there will be more grains of salt going out, preserving, bringing out the flavor and releasing healing in every part of our city so that together across Southampton in the world beyond, we will bring glory to God, our wonderful, wonderful Father. Let's pray. Lord, we look at you the life of Jesus, and we are in awe of the way you walked, the way you loved, the way you served, the way you laid down your life for others, and the way you drew people into the kingdom of heaven. And Father, we thank you that you have called us as a community to gather, to encourage one another, to discover your goodness, but also to scatter all over the city as salt and light, bringing hope and healing, and faith, wherever we go. And yet we recognize that those things are hard on days, and we feel that we don't always do as well as we should, but we thank you, Lord. It's not about attaining a target. It's about learning to walk in love. And the more we allow ourselves to be loved by you, the more we are able to love those around us. And Father, we simply ask this morning, that you make us salty. You give us confidence to walk in your goodness, to walk in your promises, to bring light and life and hope to those around us. Lord, where we need confidence, would you give that to us? Where we need faith, would you release faith afresh? Where we need more love, would you pour your love into us afresh? And where we need courage, courage to take that extra step to serve or to bring healing or to share the good news of Jesus in our words. We ask, Father, that you would give us courage, that this year as a church we would grow in boldness and confidence and increasingly we would see a city changed, neighbourhoods transformed, people loved, people healed, solutions brought from big problems and also that increasingly we see men, women, boys and girls give their lives to Jesus and discover the ultimate joy and goodness and glory that only you can bring. Amen.